0: That's right, Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome
1: to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of Patsfans.com. And welcome to Patriots Fourth and Two, the official podcast of PatsFans.com. I'm Russ Goldman, And in this episode, we'll be talking once again to Lee Schechter, who's a writer for PatsFans.com and the Bleacher Report. Lee is on to discuss his very interesting article about the Jamie Collins trade. Uh, Co hosting this episode will be Steve Balsherry. He should be joining us shortly, who also wrote an article about the Jamie Collins trade. A lot of talk about the Jamie Collins trade. We're going to be talking about that. We also will have our predictions at the end of the show. But before we do anything, I have to welcome back Lee to the show. Lee, how you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well. This trade took me by surprise along with the rest of Boston media, so I'm looking forward to talking about it.
1: Uh, yeah, listen, um, we actually did an episode earlier, Derek, myself, and Steve. And uh, I'll just tell you very quickly, Lee, Steve was the one that broke it to me. I was coming home from uh, – from, from just outside. And he calls me on my phone and he says, have you seen Twitter? And I said, no, He's like, Jamie Collins was traded. And I said, come on. And, I, and, but he was serious. He said, he said, go check out Adam Schefter. And I was blown away by this. So before we get into your article, j- just, you know, we've already talked about how shocked we were. How shocked were you?
0: I was absolutely shocked because I was sitting there uh, at Bleacher Report. I'm sitting there. One of my coworkers turns to me and he goes, Jamie Collins was traded. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this is hilarious. Nice joke that you're making over here. Because in our office, we like to pretend and say things like, oh, LeBron got traded today, or, you know, this guy, this guy did that. And they're all ridiculous takes, and some of them will think, oh, it's real. The Jamie Collins, and I'm like, well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then little do I know, I hop over to Twitter and I see Schefter's tweet, and I'm like, is this a fake account or something? And I click up right on it, and I'm like, nope, that's Schefter. He just dropped a bombshell, you know, on all of us. So I was so taken aback by it. It was probably one of the most shocking trade news of a trade that I experienced, uh, especially around the Patriots, I think.
1: You know, it's it's got to be up there for me. Uh, I was completely shocked. In fact, Steve was so shocked that he thought that uh, first thought that went through his mind was that Adam Schefter's account got hacked because it just seemed too unbelievable that that was the case. The only thing that comes close to me, Lee, and this is going back a ways would be when they cut lawyer Malloy before the season began. That to me came out of left field as well. So that tells you how, you know, how earth shattering this was to Patriots nation and everyone around here. Uh, th- that was, you know, again, that, that was a move that actually reminds me a little bit about this, but like I said to Steve and Derek earlier on, on our episode of Patriots fourth and two, I see this situation for the Patriots going one of two directions. It can actually galvanize the team, bring them together, like the Lawyer Malloy trade did, or it 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 could be a a case of that they're not able to plug the hole of say Richard Seymour because I don't think that they recovered from trading Richard Seymour. They they weren't able to to uh, to to fill that void. So I think it's going to go either either one of two ways. I think it's pretty obvious that it's either going to go bad or or good, but I think it's going to be that extremely.
0: Oh, I totally agree. The lawyer lawyer Malloy uh, example is perfect. I mean, I remember that happening. I think that was what was even more shocking about this is that it happened uh, during the season and to a guy who was just named, you know, all pro the year before. So that compounding on top of it just made it even more shocking for me than when Malloy was uh, traded away.
1: Yeah. Uh this one is just just again, it's 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 been a few days and I'm just still thinking, did they actually do this? But they did. And uh yeah. what's interesting is like I mentioned, Steve wrote an article about it, and I've seen so much about it, like we've already talked about, it, but you have a different take on this. And you are making you wanted to make make the case for this, for this trade. And your article is entitled The Jamie Collins Trade Was Shocking, but let's make the case for it. So let's just start from the beginning. Just summarize what you wrote and, uh, and the meaning behind your article about, about the Jamie Collins trade.
0: So my immediate thing with this article was I felt total shock and anger and then this feeling of just disgust about the whole thing. So I want to really bring that across that, you know, media fans, guys in the locker room, everybody was just blown away by this trade. And then I sat there a little bit, and I was like, "Okay, let's think of this objectively. What is the reasoning behind doing this? Because we all wanted to react and pull out, you know the quick reaction of, oh, well, I just didn't like Jamie Collins or things like that." I wanted to break it down and think, okay, what actually went down that made the Patriots feel like this was a good move for them at the time? So I tried to put myself in their shoes just a little bit and then break it down. So uh, I kind of broke it down to a bunch of points and, the first point was that the Patriots had to prioritize a linebacker because we knew the whole situation of Jamie Collins and Dontae Hightower both being free agents, and in reality, having both probably wasn't the most realistic thing ever. Then I went on to point two where I said, you know, maybe Collins isn't playing up to the level that the Patriots even wanted uh, at the time. He, we saw a little bit of this, but, and we'll go into this a little bit more in a little bit. Then third point is this guy, Landon Roberts, the sixth-round pick, coming out of nowhere seemingly, but maybe he didn't come out of nowhere. Maybe this was building up a little bit. So they put all their faith into that guy too. And then going on a topic that we had talked about in previous weeks with the defense is that this team just doesn't care about paying for pass rushers. It's a specialty position. It's something that Belichick I don't think values that highly. And I think that started to factor in with Jamie Collins. And once again, we'll go into a lot more detail there. Uh, another point for the Patriots here, I believe I'm on point five, is that they wanted a return of something, whether it's bizarre or not. They wanted the return. So they got something rather than letting a guy walk for nothing at the end of the year. And then the very, very, you know, almost controversial thing is, was there more to the story than what we can even analyze or break down or pull out of this whole situation? So I tried to run through all those points, kind of make the argument running through it for you know why did the patriots pull off this absolute shocker of a deal
1: it's very interesting what you wrote because because you make some some interesting points that we're going to go through right now to really talk about and let's start with the first one that you you mentioned patriots had to prioritize um at the linebacker position i i, I guess we're we're talking about the difference between say Dante Hightower and Jamie Collins I, i'm on record as saying that i that if I had to choose, if I had to prioritize, it had to be Dante Hightower because of his consistency, uh, his leadership. I'm not saying that Jamie Collins wasn't a leader, but here is here is a man that actually had the green dot. He was the quarterback of the defense. He, you know, you have the other player who has more athletic ability and more upside Lee. But for me, I think part of your argument has to be with Hightower because of all the other intangibles that he brought.
0: Absolutely, High Power is the total package. Just like you said, he's the quarterback of the defense. He might not have the same, you know, physical uh, athletic skills. I mean, Jamie Collins is one of the most athletic freaks I think I've ever watched on the football field. But Dante Hightower, Power, he's excellent at so many things, and he's such a well-rounded. Uh, I'd say generational linebacker, honestly, because he's so smart. He studies so well. He quarterbacks the defense, and then he can step up in the run. He actually is very good in coverage, and he's honestly probably the Patriots' best pass rusher right now. Uh, I, I've loved Hightower as a pass rusher when they use him. I don't think that they use him enough. And going back to what you said, how you wanted to prioritize Hightower too, last year when you know the, all the discussion comes up of what do they do with Hightower, what do they do with Jamie Collins, what do they do with uh, Malcolm Butler, and so on down the list of the pending free agents, I was kind of on the fence at first. I, I wanted to put it towards Hightower, but I still in the back of my mind said, well, maybe Jamie Collins is the guy that they really do want because he's such an athletic freak. But then once we hit training camp going into this year, I was like, it's a no-brainer. It has to be Dante Hightower. And now we're totally seeing that it clearly was Dante Hightower all along. Absolutely. And I think it's 100% the right decision. It's, you, you, you don't get a guy like Dante Hightower who can do everything for your defense on every down. With such consistency, like you said. It's just such a valuable position in Belichick's style of a defense where that linebacker is really his Tom Brady on the field, his true quarterback.
1: Right. And the best examples I can give give you when it comes to high I'm gonna give you former linebackers that I think he isn't locked up with. Gerard Mayo, Teddy Bruski. That cerebral that cerebral linebacker that can do it all can do a little bit of everything, but is the quarterback back there. And uh, that's why, you know, I, you know, I, I kept hearing about the argument and I was like you, Lee, uh, you know, I see the athletic ability, but I see everything else, all the intangibles that Dante Hightower offers. And I think of those players I just mentioned to you, for me, it, it definitely had to be Hightower. And then you're thinking, well, how can you, you know how can you sign both, but, but if you know, I thought without a doubt you had to get Hightower done first, and then you worry about Jamie Collins. That you know that to me was the priority. So, so that's where you and I are are definitely on the same plane with. Now let's move to your your next point. Uh, you you wrote Collins wasn't playing up to the level the Patriots want. This is
0: interesting. So explain where you're going here. So the point of this is that we're not trying to knock Jamie Collins as a player. This is a guy who was named all pro. He is a superior talent to everyone else out there, but I was not absolutely impressed by him this year. And I'm not saying that in retrospect right now, I'm saying that from just watching him uh, all season long, he's had some good games. Don't get me wrong. And I actually got into some arguments with some, uh, Pro football focus guys and some <laughs> other guys who do uh, you know real scouting and analysis and they were saying that Jamie Collins is actually playing the best football of his career over the last few weeks and I was sitting there and I, I ended up talking to a few other guys who were looking at the film and we were all sitting there like that doesn't pass the, best the eyeball he played in his career we didn't, he, no, didn't that doesn't pass, pass that doesn't
1: pass the test it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't at Sorry. all
0: so I exactly so I started thinking to myself you know, he wasn't playing up to the level, and I thought back to you know, this past week. He probably should have got called. Uh, he was being held on the play, but he didn't meet his assignment when Tyrod Taylor escaped for that touchdown run of, I believe, 26 yards. He didn't keep his coverage on certain guys. He doesn't keep his assignments. If you look at where he's – and I don't know the play call on every you know time the Patriots make a call, but I do know you know when you see a guy not going towards that gap that's wide open, he's probably supposed to be going towards that spot. Jamie Collins was starting to freelance, as we've seen that term float around quite a bit lately. Uh, he was doing some of his own things, and that doesn't work in the Patriots' defense, and it's a reflection of the whole defense. If one guy doesn't meet his assignment on every single play, that's when things get exposed, and that's when the plays exactly. get broken down.
1: Exactly, and uh, and to go back to your argument with the guys from Pro Football Focus, and, and I I respect these guys. I respect what they do with their algorithm and their stats i respect all that but i don't think that they factor in what type of defense the patriots are running i mean what what calls are made where where players are i don't think their stats can 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 factor that in so so again you don't know what's being called the assignments of each player and that has to affect their stats so like i said lee it goes back to the eyeball test and i'll give you another eyeball test going back to our argument about Dante Hightower over Jamie Collins, the Cincinnati Bengals game. That showed me that it was Dante Hightower's defense. Jamie Collins did not play in that game. And they did not, they did not need uh Jamie Collins in that particular game. That actually showed me a great deal. It wasn't like I was thinking that the Patriots were going to get rid of him. It just made me feel that they could win without him.
0: Mm-hmm it was definitely that writing on the wall. Like you said, I didn't think it was going to be the be all end all, all. The Patriots are going to trade Collins, but I thought that that game and the fact that, you know, this past week we saw Landon Roberts getting in there a bit and playing solely with Hightower that the Patriots had kind of already made up their mind that Hightower is their guy going forward and that Jamie Collins would be the odd man out.
1: Okay, great. Well, let's Transition now because you wrote about Alandon Roberts that the Patriots have placed faith in him. So let's talk about that. I've I've liked what I have seen so far, but he seems like he's a first and second down player. So thoughts on Alandon Roberts?
0: Yeah, he's a great first and second down player option because he has such a nose for the football. He's so downhill and he gets to his assignments. He fills those lanes. He fills the lanes. He gets to adapt the way that he's supposed to out there. The thing about him is he's still very raw. I I mean, what's it been, three, four games where we've been like, oh, this Landon Roberts guy is pretty good, that guy from the sixth round. So there's still time with him to develop him. He needs to work on coverage a little bit. He doesn't have what I call the biggest linebacker body, but he has that smaller, compact, knows how to use his body really well type, and I think the coverage can come in time. Uh, so hopefully he can be that third down guy. But in addition to him, you don't really need him on third down because now the Patriots have so many linebackers they can rotate in, whether it's a passing down set or a run set. Uh, they can start using Mingo a little bit, who I think is going to get uh, introduced a little bit more on those third down situations. You have Van Noy, who Patriots probably do like as a pass rushing linebacker on third downs. So there's a guy that you don't have to rely on a in so much on three downs, but on first and second downs, they put their faith in him. And he's passed the test so far, and I'm curious to see how he does now, uh, knowing that Jamie's not there to take his spot or anything like that. Uh, I don't think he needs extra motivation. This guy clearly has it all. But I think it's smart for the Patriots to put their faith in him because he's a total steal in the sixth round.
1: Absolutely, and I'm glad that you mentioned some of these other players because I think they're going to be filling in part of the duties that Jamie Collins has done. And and you you mentioned Barkevius Mingo and Van Noy. So let's talk about Mingo because uh, we really haven't seen a, a great deal of him. We've, we've seen a little bit of him in the defense, but mostly on special teams. I was very impressed with him. I know it's a preseason game, so it's difficult. But I could actually see a comparison w- with him and some of the skill set that Jamie Collins has. They're different build, but he has that speed. He also showed me that that pass rushing ability. But again, we're talking about a preseason game. Um, what are your thoughts about Mingo's role potentially now being opened up.
0: I actually like Mingo being introduced more. I think he needed a little bit of time to get acclimated to this team uh, and playing him on special teams. I think that's one of the best things that Belichick does to guys who maybe have had some problems uh, being effective all the time. Is you give them the special teams reps, and if a guy's doing well on special teams, he has the confidence now to come in on defense. If you throw a guy in on defense he struggles a bit. He's going to lose some of that confidence. But Mingo, he's he's looked good on special teams. I've been thoroughly impressed. Now you start introducing him to the defense more and more, especially because they're going to need him. And I think that Mingo was horribly misused uh, with, the, with the Browns. I think he can contribute as that pass rusher for the Patriots, like Jamie Collins would on those blitz situations, and to bring that extra rusher here and there, which they don't even do that often. But Mingo is very fast and I think his coverage skills, you're going to see a major improvement uh, with the way that he is integrated into the Patriots' defense.
1: Okay, now I, I do want to ask you about Von Noy. Uh, you know, I, I'm i not going to lie, I haven't watched much of the Detroit Lions, but I find it interesting uh, that they made this trade last week. Do you think that that trade was a precursor to all this, or do you think that uh, – that they just wanted to bring in this uh, this linebacker. Do you think there's something to bringing this player in last week? Uh,
0: that's a great question. Uh, I I think that they just kind of liked this guy all along, um, and then once they got him in, they might have started to get the wheels turning on the Jamie Collins situation a little bit more. Because uh, Mark Daniels of uh, Providence Journal did a great job writing about this, but the Landon Roberts basically being used as a tryout this weekend. He was out there only with Dante Hightower for, I, I believe it was almost all of his snaps. And I think that that in combination put the writing on the wall, but then noise like this, just pure pass rush type guy is what they right. thought he would be out of college. And so, <laughs> I being from Michigan too, I have a lot of uh, Lions friends and they, they hate the guy. I, I've never seen someone hate a player who hasn't, really been around that long to do anything they hated the guy and i'm looking at the guy and i'm thinking oh, he's out of byu he had a great you know pretty productive career he was a, a high draft pick why do you hate this guy right. that much so i'm going into camps that he was horribly misused with the lions as well and that belichick and patricia will find a way to use him a bit more i think he has some serious skills you just gotta unlock it again similar to mingo
1: yeah, I mean, we're talking about Mingo. I can go back to Akeem Ayers with, with the Tennessee Titans. Uh comes to the Patriots and and is like a new player. He was, you know, like they had a change of defense. He comes here and he fits in. So he's got a, you know, he's got a clean slate with me. I want to see what he can offer. Uh, you know, I, you know, give the guy a chance. Yeah, I, I hear hear what you're saying. We heard the same things about about uh, about Shea McCall. Uh, McClellan with the uh, the Bears, but uh, you know, he hasn't done much yet with the Patriots, but we'll see. All right, let's move on. Let's now talk about this part. This is interesting. You wrote pass rushing is a specialty that the Patriots don't want to pay. So, let's talk a little bit about this, Lee.
0: So, Jamie Collins started to morph a bit more into a guy who, in my opinion, wanted to be more like a pass rusher, making some of those. Uh, iconic plays that say Von Miller, and we know he said he doesn't want to be like Von Miller or anything, but he started to be used a little bit more, be a little more reckless with his pass rushing and, you know, lose lose contain or not keep his line when rushing a bit. And this just goes to the whole point that it goes back to Chandler Jones. It goes back to uh, Richard Seymour, even. Patriots had really good pass rushers at various times throughout the Belichick era. But every time one of these guys is doing well and looking pretty good, all of a sudden they're, at it, they're on their way out of town. And it's because the NFL has placed such a premium on pass rushers. Von Miller getting the most expensive you know, defensive contract. Um, uh, Olivier Vernon, another guy, just getting Malik Jackson. All these guys getting crazy high contracts. And that's a position that the Patriots, they don't want a guy who's out there every down pass rushing they want to be able to rotate their guys and keep them fresh and have different looks with different skills of bull rush pass rushers or speed pass rushers and guys who can pull off their swim moves or their spins. So there's all different techniques that go into pass rushing. And the Patriots' mindset is, well, we can get a bunch of guys, rotate them all out, keep them all fresh, and do it for really cheap. We can get five guys for the price of one you know, amazing pass rusher, and we can probably do not as much as that one guy can do we can hold our own out there. Now we haven't seen them release the pass rush this year. That was the whole theory behind this is they just don't care about paying for pass rushers at all.
1: Yeah, It's a very good point there, Lee. And uh, I'm glad that you also brought up that, that they haven't unleashed the pass rush. They've, they really haven't. They've, they've played so much bend, but don't break. They really haven't, you know, we, ha- we haven't seen much double a gap blitzing that that, that Steve and I love so much, you know, we've seen a little bit of it, but not that much. And, and they're, they're uh, basically, they've been very conservative and, and uh, it's something that's actually bothered me. And, uh, but maybe it goes back to the, to the point is that, that they don't, they don't value it like some other teams might um, because they, they figure they can win in other ways. And and they also figured that, that the way they play defense on uh, the offense is eventually going to make a mistake. And uh, I guess that's the way they look at it. It's just, it's just a different style. It's it's frustrating because I, I would like to see more of a pass rush, but it's a good point by you. They don't they don't value it in, in the same way as other teams. And like you said, Chandler Jones is a good example. I was gonna throw in a player that they valued a great deal, but he was near the end of his career and he was really getting known as a very good pass rusher. And it might surprise you, it's Willie McGinnis. Willie McGinnis yeah. was was getting up there in age and um uh he he decided to to go to the Cleveland Browns, and I think at that point, I mean, he was playing at a very high level. William McGinnis near the end with the Patriots, but they decided to, you know, to to let him go on, you know, let him go on his way, and he did. And I think I think that comes back to what they value, Lee. You know, um, you know, there are so many factors, but I don't think they, I don't think they value like a, a pure pass
0: rusher. I don't think they value a guy like that at all. They're going to value their linebackers. They're going to value their defensive backs. I think Belichick is in love with safeties. I think he loves those guys. <laughs> He'd rather pay those guys. He'd love to pay the interior lineman a little bit more. That's just his MO. Because when yeah. you look at and this gets into the building blocks of a team, uh, if I'm starting a team and there's a few positions that I want to pay, every time for me, I'm going to pick, I want a stud cornerback. I want a interior lineman. And I want um, I want a linebacker. Those would be like my three things that I just want, you know, an inside linebacker to control my defense, defensive tackle who can stop the run, and then that guy who can shut down their best receiver. And if I'm building a defense. So Patriots fall into that same sort of strategy.
1: Okay, excellent. Let's move on. Now let's talk about something that, that I completely agree with you. The return is bizarre. You heard about that. Let's talk about what the Patriots got in this trade. I agree with you. It's bizarre.
0: (laughs) The return is absolutely bizarre. Um, And and so I guess we should just say that we don't even really know what the exact return will end up being because it's (laughs) likely going to wind up being a compensatory third round pick in uh, this coming draft. Uh, (laughs) But there's stipulations and things where it could wind up being a fourth-round pick. Well, if it's a fourth-round pick, the Patriots lose a fourth-round pick because of the gate still, but they have the Seahawks pick. So it's going to be a jumbled mess with what happens when we actually find out what the pick is. But the premise behind getting the, the pick is that if Jimmy Collins were to leave at the end of the year like we all expected, the Patriots would have got a pick, a compensatory pick, in 2018 for him. So they moved up a year, basically, and they get the now, which goes into the theory of, well, Brady is maybe at the end of his career, even though he's playing the best football. I think we've seen out of him in in his career. But, you know, you're seeing um, that they want to win now. So the moving up a year helps them a little bit. You got to bring a guy in right away who might be able to contribute in a high round. I mean, top three rounds, you can get some pretty good players. But the really bizarre thing about this whole thing is Jamie Collins was an all pro linebacker. He is a right. guy that we all thought that the NFL, you know, values pretty high. A, pro football focus is rating him so high. Everybody's rating him as a superior talent. He's so athletic. And then you find out he got traded for a third round pick and you're wondering, wait, that's it? There's not a second pick. There's not a player involved. They didn't get a second round pick. Uh, it was just even more shocking for me when I found out what the return was.
1: Well, let me let me throw a theory out to you. Uh, I agree with you that, that the return wasn't what it should have been. But I think this has more to do with putting him in a place that cannot hurt the Patriots, and that's Cleveland.
0: I, I agree with you there 100%. I was talking to some people yesterday about this, and you're not going to trade him to the Broncos. You're not going to trade him to... Kansas City, you're not going to the Steelers because that's a threat. You send them to the NFC, well, the Patriots are – you don't send them to an, a, uh, an NFC contender because the Patriots, they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. I mean, they're you know, clear-cut favorites in the AFC. So you think, oh, well, they come out of the AFC. They're not going to want to play against Jamie Collins on the Cowboys or Jamie Collins uh, on the Seahawks or anything like that. I think it's a great point that they want to put him in a spot where he's not going to come back and haunt them, I guess, later on in the season.
1: Yeah, it, you know, again that that's the first thought that that went through my mind. Okay, why why are they trading him for such such low you know, again a, a low pick. I I, ex- I expect at least a second round for someone like this and and uh you know, we're talking about a, con- a potentially conditional pick that could be a fourth round fourth rounder for for a player that was a pro bowl player, but then when you think back, you think about why they might have done this one. Uh, you know, and this is Part of my theory, addition by subtraction, that they just wanted him gone for whatever reason. They wanted him gone. And two, they wanted to make sure he wasn't going to hurt them. So you send him to Cleveland. You know he's you know yeah. he's not gonna hurt you there. And uh so you know that's why that that's why the whole return is so bizarrely because because I think I think there are other forces at play here. I don't think it's all about the actual pick. I think it has to do with, with the other things I'm talking about
0: yeah and it could also be just the media's perception is different from how the nfl and other scouts and teams viewed jamie collins they might That's have been writing a good on the wall of him doing his own stuff out there and maybe not fitting into the defense the way that he normally would and that lowers a guy's value no matter how talented right. a guy is if a guy isn't stepping up to play at that first round level well maybe he's only worth a third round pick to everyone else so there's we we view him, maybe we were clouded by his athleticism and still his potential, he's 27 years old and he has all the athletic talent in the world as he's doing backflips left and right at practice. Um, so maybe we just got it all wrong with Jamie Collins. Maybe the league and other teams just don't like his play as much as we would value it.
1: It's very interesting to look back at it now because you know, again, I, I came to the conclusion that the more valuable player was Dante Hightower, but it wasn't that I didn't think that Jamie Collins was a, was a special player. I still think he is, but the question is, in in the Patriots defense, if he's not going to be on the same page, like you said, if he's not going to be on the same page as all other 10 players, then, then he's going to hurt the defense, and... I don't know how much of this has been going on, Lee. I'm not watching the video, but something's going on. And, uh, you know, I've I've heard the examples. And when you think about it, and when you actually see the video, you know, I know we've, we've seen the video of, of the 28-yard run, and that's just one play. And then you think, well, is it just that one play, Lee? Or are there other plays like that? And it goes back to the consistency. I want a player that's going to be consistent, and that is why – I'm glad that in the end, they stuck with Dante Hightower rather than Jamie Collins. I wanted both, but if I had to choose, it was going to be Dante Hightower. All right, let's move on. Let's now talk about something that I always find interesting is when, when someone writes, maybe there's more to the story. So what do you think there's more to? Well,
0: if I had the answer to that, I would be breaking some big time news on this, but we did hear that. Apparently Jamie Collins may have had an incident with Matt Patricia screening thing. Who knows? Um, Maybe he's had other run-ins with teammates on the defense. Maybe he butt heads with Hightower because he wasn't meeting his assignments on defense. Maybe there's things like that. Maybe they didn't like him that much in the locker room. Although I find that a little hard to believe. Um, Although Jamie Collins MO is that he's just, he's a quiet guy. He's from in the deep south, um, doesn't really like to be around media or a ton of other people for that matter. So maybe that ended up building up a little bit. I highly doubt that's the side of the story, but we never know what happens inside closed doors. Maybe there was an incident that did occur going into the game this week, this past weekend, and that's why you saw the land and play a little bit more, but Jamie Collins was still out there a bit. And then Maybe something happened after that that then sends him on the road. So we don't know the whole story. You can always speculate. But something doesn't quite add up with the whole situation, in my opinion. So I feel like there's got to be one other thing going on or a couple things uh, working together.
1: Okay, excellent. And uh, just want to mention, please do check out Lee's article on PatsFans.com. The Jamie Collins trade was shocking, but let's make a case for it. And like I mentioned, it was very interesting read. So very, very good by you, Lee. And like I also mentioned, uh, please do check out the article by, uh, by Steve Balsheri about Jamie Collins as well. Unfortunately, Steve's had some, uh, some uh, traffic issues on the Mass Pike and might not be able to join us, but um, it's okay. Me and you will, will keep going here, my friend. And, and uh, I have another section just to go off on this, um, the Jamie Collins aftermath. I'm going to talk about some other issues, but before we do that, I just have a basic question for you. Do you like the trade?
0: (laughs) I've convinced myself uh, to like the trade. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't think that's necessarily liking the trade, though. Uh, I I think that when you have a guy who's an all-pro, who's still under contract, and you know you are (laughs) trying to win the Super Bowl, there's got to be a way to work this guy in (laughs) to make everything work the way that it did in the past. I personally don't like the trade. Because uh, this it, this can't be compared to Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones was before the season. They wanted right. a return then and now. Granted, it didn't work out entirely, but they got a pick. They got uh, Jonathan Cooper, who you know didn't make it, but he was fine. They they ended up getting uh, Joe Tooney out of it, right? Isn't that the pick? Um,
1: That's, right. So, That's
0: right. Yeah, so, and Joe Tooney's been fantastic out there. So, boom, you got a player for Chandler Jones who's really helping this team probably more than Chandler Jones uh, even would have. So I, I've convinced myself that the trade is okay. But in my opinion, when you have a guy who's so talented, and you've got him for one more year before he walks and signs anywhere. You just got to keep that guy.
1: Uh, Lee, well, yeah, I'm definitely there with you. I'm not a fan of the trade. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll be the one to, to admit as well. You know, listen, they've been right in the past. I, I didn't like the, the cutting of Laurie Malloy. I didn't like Richard Seymour being traded. I didn't like some of these. Some of them have worked and some of them haven't. Uh but this one I don't like because uh I still see him having ha- having a role on the team and you're going for a Super Bowl and uh I just didn't like it. But we'll see if uh if it works out for them because it you know more often than not it does. And the one thing that that Stephen uh, Stephen Derrick and I talked about is Bill Belichick wouldn't make a move if he didn't think it it was, I hate to use this phrase, but he uses it all the time, best for the team. So uh, he knows what he's doing. I'm sure that there are a lot of factors in making a decision like this. But uh, I keep saying that to myself. Why would he do this to make make his team worse? He wouldn't. He must have a very good reason why he did that. And uh, I just don't like it. And and I'm going to continue to say, I don't like it. I just yeah, don't it, like it, but I'm sorry, go ahead. It's
0: not going to make, yeah, it's not going to make or break their season. I mean, if they don't win the Super Bowl, uh, it's not going to come back and be, well, well, if we had Jamie Collins, I just don't see it working out that way. There's a few guys that if, you know, they're traded or injured, uh, you know, Brady, Gronk, Malcolm Butler, maybe McCourty gets thrown in there. Uh, probably Nate Solder given the offensive line, but like, Outside of those guys, uh, you trade anyone else, and, and I don't think it really is a make-or-break situation.
1: Okay, excellent there, my friend. All right, now let's just talk about some topics that go along with the uh, Jamie Collins situation. And this one starts with Mike Lombardi from Fox Sports. I talked about him earlier. I listened to him on WEI, and I also watched him on the Colin Coward Show. And he says this was a football decision and not about his contract. Do you agree with him or do you disagree with him?
0: I'm going to agree with Mike Lombardi on this one. Uh, I don't think we can call it a contract issue entirely because he was on the final year of his contract and they could have kept him and then just said, well, we'll let you walk at the end of the year type of thing. So I think this did come down to a football decision where the Patriots didn't like what they were seeing out of Jamie Collins, as we've discussed with some of those assignments and Lombardi was quick to call Collins out that it was a football decision, that he wasn't doing the right things out on the field. And when you get back to the whole thing, uh, Lombardi, Belichick, same mindset, kind of close friends, um, not saying that Lombardi speaks for Belichick by any means, but Belichick did kind of back him up and call him one of the smartest guys I know, complimented Lombardi quite a bit. so. Words didn't come right out of Belichick's mouth, but it's about as close as you can get uh, without it being like Casario or someone like that. So I'm going to, I'm going to take what Lombardi said.
1: I am too. Uh, I'm not saying that that these are the words of Bill Belichick. They're not, but I'm just saying that, that there's a relationship there. And, uh, and uh, Mike Lombardi just recently worked for the Patriots. That's all I'm going to say. So when he's saying it, I do, Put some stock in that. That's all I'm going to say. That That's that's my opinion on this. All right. I've got an interesting scenario for you. Will the Patriots miss more on the defense the rest of the season? Because people are starting to talk about this other player. Will it be Jamie Collins or will it be Chandler Jones, uh, who was traded in the offseason? Who are they going to miss more?
0: I think that they're going to miss Jamie Collins more, and I think the easy answer is that they're going to miss Chandler Jones for because we haven't seen the pass rush but Chandler Jones was a liability in the run game Uh, he was a pass rush situation guy he obviously did some great things with sacks he's having another good year but the Patriots don't need him for the style of defense that they're really trying to play whereas I think Jamie Collins his versatility with his athleticism to be a coverage guy and to kind of be more than a one-trick pony like Chandler Jones kind of became throughout his career. Jamie Collins just has a little bit more value as a
1: whole. I agree. I you know, it's funny. Nothing against Chandler Jones, but I definitely uh value Jamie Collins more and I think, you know, if if I had to pick between the two who I think the Patriots are gonna miss more the rest of the season, it's gonna be Jamie Collins. Well we look who's joined us. Mr. Balstreri.
2: how you doing? <laughs> oh, welcome hey, guys. Hey, uh, sorry I'm late. Uh, we were out on the pike, and you know how that can be at times. So uh, we were late getting home, but uh, I'm glad that I was able to make at least a little bit of this.
1: Well, Steve, we, we talked about Lee's article. We went through it point by point. He makes the case for for the trade, uh, and and we went right through that. And then we were just talking about Michael. Uh, you know, you and I and Derek were talking about it on the last show. And the, the last topic we were just talking about before you came in was uh, who are the Patriots going to miss more? Chandler Jones, who left in the offseason, was traded, or Jamie Collins. So I'm curious your thoughts on this.
2: Well, if you know my thoughts because we've talked offline about this a gazillion times, and I think it's Jamie Collins by a landslide. Granted, yeah. he yeah. hasn't been uh, completely himself this year. We don't know the reason – that, you know, why that is. But to me, Chandler Jones was a very talented uh, player, but he wasn't a a great player. He was a good pass rusher who was very weak against the run. And uh, we saw that time and again, teams would, you know, they would run right at him. And um, that was his weakness. Uh, Jamie Collins, to me, was the ultimate, you know, talented linebacker now. You know, we've all seen that there's times when he didn't play that way, but he could take over a game in a variety of ways. He could rush the passer. He could stuff the run. He could intercept passes in the uh, secondary when he he was on top of his game. Uh, I thought, you know, he was one of the best linebackers in the league. Now, that being said, his uh, consistency wasn't the greatest, you know, and a lot of times I thought that was related to the scheme. I thought it was a scheme thing, right. not so much a, a, a talent thing or an effort thing on his part. Um, but, you know, at the end, if you're looking at defensive end, is Chandler Jones one of the top guys? I, I wouldn't think so.
1: Okay, very good there, Steve. Uh, all right, let's move on. And, uh, you know, I found this interesting because I was watching Greg Bedard on the Felger and Mass show. Yes, Steve, I was watching Felger and Mass. And uh, uh, he brought up that they were talking about playmakers on defense. So I wanted to get both of your thoughts on who are the playmakers left on the Patriots defense because, of course, they were talking about no Jamie Collins, no Chandler Jones. So, Lee, first to you, who are the playmakers on defense right now?
0: Well, it's the big three of uh, Dante Hightower, Malcolm Butler, and I'd throw Devin McCourty into that situation as well uh obviously hightower we talked about him as the quarterback and defense so we don't have to touch on him too much but malcolm butler is top five corner in the league already he's fantastic out there the way he can step up in the run how he tackles the guys, you know real hard right through them uh he's also good on the edges when teams start to run a little bit and try to get outside he locks that down he's excellent at shadowing everyone we know he can change the game in one day you know, one read of a play, he won the Super Bowl for us. So uh, he's probably the biggest playmaker that they have right now. And then Devin McCourty, uh, you got to give the guy tons of credit. He's covering, He covers so much ground so quickly as a safety. It's remarkable how he gets there and just breaks passes up or lands that hit or even picks off uh, passes. So he's such a threat back there and gives you a nice little cushion over the top. Uh, in coverage so I, I love those two guys and i'll throw a guy that i i believe jamie collins or someone was saying that uh alan branch is one of the best players on the defense right now he's been great at getting that penetration in the run game so he's kind of turned into a bit of a playmaker for them with being able to stop the run
1: very good so you you added alan branch to the mix steve how about you do you agree with lee or is there anyone else that you would yeah. add to that list
2: yeah, I, I was listening to the Leafs, three tough guys, and I was agreeing with all of them, and I was thinking to myself, I'm going to add Alan Branch in there because uh, <laughs> I thought that he's had a great year. So, you know, it's another uh, example of how great minds think alike. <laughs> I, I really like Alan Branch this year. I think he's been really, really strong against the run, and he's been playing his best football since he came to the Patriots. He's a guy I equate like uh, LeGarrette Blunt. As you, you heard about, you know, their off-field problems and they weren't happy. These two guys seem like the happiest guys in the world, uh, being on the Patriots and playing for Belichick. Um, yeah, I really like Branch Butler. I think is is really coming into his own. I think he's been outstanding this year, and he's been banged up. And I think Devin McCordy is one of the more underrated guys in the league. You know, I agree. Day-wide. Uh, totally especially agree with, with Patriots fans. Patriots fans look at Devin McCordy and they think back to his second year in the league when he was a cornerback and he struggled. And they, they don't for see granted. How, and they don't see how good he is as a free safety. A and team. he is, he's very, very good. He's outstanding He's taken take for I, granted. He's totally taken for granted. Right. Yeah, well... The, I I totally agree with all of those guys. And, I, yes, yeah. I mean, Jamie Collins is a uh, – he's an uber-athletic freak. I mean, you just don't – you know, you can't replace that. They have playmakers on defense. And uh, those guys are just going to have to up their game a little bit.
1: Okay. And uh, just so you know, Lee and I both were talking about, and I know you agree with this, we both don't like the trade. Basically. So, so we uh, uh, <laughs> did say that, right? That, that you don't like the trade. I,
0: I, I said, I don't really like it. I convinced myself to like it, but I don't like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. And, um, and Steve, you, you wrote an article about Jamie Collins as well, and you've read Lee's article. So, so share with me your thoughts about what Lee wrote and then also what you wrote real
2: quick. Yeah, I, I agree with everything he was saying. And I, I think again, we, we were following along kind of along the same lines. I mean, we both said, hey, uh, are they better for it? Uh, I, know, I don't think so. But if it was something that had to be done because there was, I mean, for Bill Belichick to feel that strongly, to, to cut him loose, you know, rather than maybe cut back on his snaps until they got him playing the way they wanted to, uh, that to me speaks volumes. And, again, it, it shows – how Belichick doesn't care about popular opinion, about what the media thinks, what the fans think. If he feels like this guy needs to go, he's willing to take the heat board. And that's I right. equated him to the honey badger because, you know, honey badger don't <laughs> give a bleep, right? And and uh, that's that's how he is with that. And, uh, you know, it, it was very surprising, uh, but, you know, that's the way it is. And I I don't know. Um, The the way I see this is for the rest of the year, no one's really going to be paying attention um, to the defense, I mean to the offense. They're going to be watching the defense because they're going to be looking for cracks. They're going to be looking for, you know, letdowns or whatever. And if the Patriots ultimately fail to win the Super Bowl this year, it's all going to come back to this Jamie Collins deal. I don't care. <laughs> they could lose the Super Bowl thirteen to nothing, and they're still going to blame Belichick. You know, um, for trading Jamie Collins.
0: That's the way it's going to be. But uh, again, he doesn't care. So. No, he yeah. doesn't. Like
1: I said, he doesn't. Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I said that earlier. I said it. It doesn't make or break their. Chances to win the Super Bowl or not. But unfortunately, if they do end up losing a Super Bowl, you know, that's what it's going to come back to. It's, oh, well, what if we had Jamie Collins?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, what if we had – Yeah, they could could get shut out in the Super Bowl and give up 10 points, and they're still going to blame Belichick for trading Jamie Collins, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll give you two examples of – I still hear people talking about, hey – um, why didn't they resign Darrell Rivas? Boy, that really hurt the Patriots. Uh, uh, what? Uh, Wes Welker? Go, boy, that really hurt the Patriots as well. So it, it it cuts both ways. So it works both ways. We'll see. Like I said, we'll see which way this works. Steve, I, I actually started the show by saying that this is going to go one of two ways, and I think you'll agree with me. Either it's going to galvanize them like the Lawrence uh cutting. You know, I, I know that was the beginning of the season, but it can bring a team together. Or it could be like the Richard Seymour situation where they just couldn't fill in the plug. So it's going to go one of two ways.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I you know, um, and Belichick usually has a good handle on these things. And one of the things that I I liked yesterday. Okay, granted the players were shocked. Okay. Um, with just cause, I mean, you're you taking one of the most talented players on the team, and you're trading them away in the middle of basically what you know. People are already marking down as a Super Bowl. Run. I mean, the team has the best record in the league, and they just traded away one of their most talented players. All right, so the the players are allowed to be shocked. We get that. But what I liked yesterday was that a couple of the veteran guys put a damper on all that. And I'll tell you who it was. It was Chris Long and it was Julian Edelman. Chris Long wears a Julian Edelman mask out, you know, in the (laughs) locker room when they open it up to the media. It gets everyone laughing. Edelman comes out. They start yucking it up. And all of a sudden, like, all that tension that everyone was expecting to see was all gone. And uh, that's sometimes what veterans have to do. You know, they have to yep. relieve that tension. In the old days, they had Mike Vrabel, who would do, go into his Belichick imitations, that I heard were absolutely hilarious that even Belichick would start laughing on him. So, okay. you know, now, you know, Chris Long, I thought, did a really good thing yesterday. I hear
1: you, Steve. All right, guys, let's end real quickly with, with some uh, some predictions, because uh, I know you guys like to predict games. So let's go through, through this fairly quickly. Let's start with... Eagles or Giants? Leo, go to you first. Who do you have?
0: Picking an NFC East matchup is about the hardest thing to do with the coin flip. So I'm going <laughs> to go with the Giants in this one because they're at home. I'm not feeling the Eagles right now.
2: <laughs> okay. Steve? Yeah, um, this is a tough one. Like you said, those division games in the NFC East, they always flip-flop on you. They obviously go the opposite of how you expect. I think um I'm gonna go with the Eagles in this one. I think their pass rush is gonna get to Eli a little bit. Okay. Right back to you,
1: Steve. Boy, we got a barn burner here. Jets or dolphins.
2: Uh I like the J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lee? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go against it. I'm going to go with the Dolphins, and I have no reason to really believe in them or the Jets for that matter, (laughs) but I'm going Dolphins to be different right now. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. Well, let's now go to the AFC North. Steelers at Ravens? Who do you have, Lee?
0: I I have the Steelers in this one, uh, assuming that Big Ben is actually back on the field, which I believe he will be. He might be. I think Steelers – I feel like the Steelers uh, have some work to do, so they're gonna be motivated in this one.
2: Okay. Steve, do you agree with them? Yes, I do. And you know, that it speaks volumes about Roethlisberger's toughness. I mean the guy just had a meniscus operation like what, ten days ago? And he's already back on the field practicing, and he's gonna try to go on Sunday.
0: That's I crazy. mean, I know a lot of
2: people don't I know a lot of people don't like Roethlisberger here in New England with with just cause because some of his off the field stuff, but there's one thing that nobody can ever take away from this guy, and that is toughness. This guy is tougher than woodpecker lips, no. and uh, <laughs> I, I think he's going to play, and I think the Steelers are going to win. Okay,
1: going to go right back. It's actually going to be a, a very good game. I'm calling it the marquee game of the weekend: Broncos are Raiders. Believe it or not. Who do you have, Steve?
2: I'm going with the Broncos because of their defense. I think their defense is going to, you know, maybe generate a turnover or two. And I think they steal one in Oakland. Okay. Lee, are you going to go for the Raiders
0: or the Broncos? (laughs) I'm going for the Oakland Raiders. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely in this one. I've been uh, I've been uh, a fan of the Raiders since the start of the season. I picked them to actually oh. win that division, and I think they're going to do it at home. They've been great on the road. They need to get that good win at home to prove that they can win in Oakland, and I think they can do it against the Broncos this week.
1: Lee, I'm a believer I, I, in Derek Carr. I'm actually a believer in oh, him, so absolutely. I, I see where you're going on that. I think he's an upcoming I, I got a, quarterback.
2: I got a I, I gotta pull up that uh, John Facenda uh, video where he talks about the autumn windows of pirate. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I That's love good, that.
2: I could watch that a hundred times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Last game: the Ryan brothers versus the Seahawks. I'm just. I'm not gonna call the Bills anymore. Just the Ryan brothers, Steve. The Ryan brothers versus the Seahawks at the Seahawks. Tell me you're not picking the Ryan brothers.
2: Uh, No, I am not. I'm going with Seattle, 12th man, too much noise. I think uh, they'll be able to slow down the run, and um, I think the Seahawks will get on track a little bit on offense finally this week.
1: Okay, Lee, Tweedledee and Tweedledum or the Seahawks?
0: I can't have any faith in Tweedledee and Tweedledum in Seattle. (laughs) In this matchup, I think it has to be the Seahawks this week. Like it is that they're too loud. Uh I think that that team just to start keeping everything together a little bit. Uh, I I can't pick the Bills in this one.
1: Okay, okay, very good, great show, guys. Steve, thank you for 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 jumping on at the very end. Uh, I I know how difficult the mass Pike is, so I don't blame you for 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 coming in at the last <laughs> minute. That's that's a that, that's a terrible situation right now. So. uh we and I were talking about that off air. So so so. Yeah. But thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. But but before we go, you know, I always like to do this final thoughts, Steve. I'll go to you first.
2: Well, um, you know, this week, uh, you know, I think Belichick timed this move perfectly because they they have they have a bye week to one, let the players get used to this idea, and two, the guys that are going to replace Jamie Collins. Get a a couple of extra practices in. So when they face the Seahawks next week, you know, they'll be a lot more ready than possibly they would have been with all the distractions of, you know, this week going on. I thought that was a smart move on Belichick's part. And, you know, now everything will die down a little bit. The players will, I think after tomorrow, they should get some time off so that they can go sit in the sun somewhere And then when they come back, they'll be ready to go, and uh, they should be ready to face Seattle. So I think it was a good move, the timing-wise. I'm still not convinced it was a good move, but if they (laughs) did what they had to do, and I do like the timing of it.
1: Okay, very good. Lee, how how about you? final thoughts?
0: My final thought was along the same lines as Steve. Uh, I'll spin it a little differently since he covered most of it, but... A bye week is so valuable in the NFL season. Obviously, this one fell perfectly with the trade. But on top of that, this is smack dab in the middle of the year. There's nothing worse than having a bye week in week you know, four, five, six, seven. It's just kind of terrible because your guys start to get that fatigue again towards the end of the year before the postseason. Smack dab, middle of the season, let them rest for the week. Uh, hopefully get guys like Deion Lewis uh, prepared. I think that we're pretty close to potentially seeing him. Uh, It'd be nice to see what he can do, start easing him back in, let some of these guys who have those season-long bangs and bruises to get a little bit healthier before the long stretch of the end of the year.
1: Okay, very good. Okay, my final thoughts, Lee, involve you. I learned today (laughs)
0: off-air, Steve, that
1: Lee is actually, he used to live in Walpole, so he is now in high esteem
2: with me. So I'll leave you with that, Lee. Well, there there you go. Walpole Walpole now boasts Russ Goldman, Lee, and Gene LeVancey. So you guys
0: have a trifecta there. Uh yes, we, <laughs> and, uh, we, we Joe do. Bill Morgan was my neighbor. <laughs> the, oh wow! wow. Red Sox <laughs> manager. Yeah, so you yeah, know, wow. got a lot of famous company. <laughs> wow,
1: I'm very low in this poll, and Paul. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Lee, seriously, thank you so much for doing this. this. Is the third time that 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 we've done this, and and it's been. Sure, Troy. I, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have.
0: I've enjoyed it a ton. I want to keep doing it.
1: <laughs> All right, great. And Steve, I always talk to you. Have a nice night. I'm just kidding, Steve. Always good to do a <laughs> show with you. Yeah,
2: sorry I was late, like, guys. So it couldn't be helped.
1: That's okay. We I, I talk to Steve every day. Okay, so just keep that in mind.
2: All right. All All right. right but but listen, But listen,
1: fantastic show. And I know we're running a, a little long here, but I want to thank you both for doing this. But it is time to wrap this up for this episode of Patriots 4th and 2. For Stephen Lee, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you again for listening to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of patsfans.com.